Hi, I'm Tina Spangler with TLC Barrels and welcome to my podcast. Today is November 15th, 2022, and this is Q&A number 118. This is a podcast that is really designed for my Facebook virtual coaching group, and we are around 118 members in 23 states and the United Kingdom. Uh, Let's see here. I'd like to welcome new members, Krista in Michigan and Jessica in Florida. The topic today is keeping a winning streak going or getting out of a slump and how to fix a off run. So those are the things I'm going to talk about today. Um, Also for all the members, I want to just do a quick little story for you guys. I've been pretty busy this month. I have a basically a clinic every Sunday of November, except Thanksgiving weekend. And something that's really important to me to mention is how important um, the rider cues and horse foundation is. I'm seeing people say, I can't, I will, this horse won't, da, 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 da. A lot of negatives when I go to my clinics and I immediately give them cues to work on and change them to saying, I can, I will, And that's the only way to go about working with horses is it's so important to stay calm and be patient and breathe and set yourself up for yes answers. So something I'm really seeing a lot of in my clinic is by just giving riders a new place to look, a new cue to to give, a new drill, they're able to see in a matter of a couple of hours transformations in their horses to in which they've already labeled in a, in a negative way. So that makes me really happy to see. So if you find yourself labeling your horse in a negative way, reach out to me and let's talk about how we can turn that can't into a can and that I won't into a, a will. And um, we can continue to do things to help you. Uh, a recap from World. Um, I think there was about uh, 20 videos that I did for different people throughout that week. It was a long week. Many of you wanted yours private, which is perfectly okay. I did share some in the group. Um, A lot of you had to run three runs. Some of you had to run more, um, five runs. It's really important. The number one thing is to know your horse and if they're sound, if they're staying sound. Um, I can tell you the hardest thing for me going up and down the road was the the finances. I would win $5,000 and I would spend $5,000. It's very expensive to keep barrel horses sound and it's also expensive to go up and down the road, uh, fuel and your, um, your fuel and also your uh, just, you know, the maintenance on your vehicle, entry fees, you know. So like I said, you'd you'd spend five to win five. It's not a cheap sport. If you look at the NFR coming up, those top 15 ladies, a lot of them, unless they have cash sponsors, most only have product sponsors, are breaking even by the time that they get to World just from that very thing, going up and down the road and the maintenance to keep those horses sound. When you're running that level and up and down the road, you're at the vets probably monthly with those horses, not just twice a year or once a year like the average person. So um, there's a lot of expenses. Some NFR people will tell you they don't actually make a profit for the year until they get to the NFR. And many will tell you that it, they have to set aside $50,000 to go up and down the road for that year for their expenses. And um, so when you see that they're making $100,000, you better figure 
a lot of that is expenses, so that's not their profit. Um, the next thing I want you to think about when you're doing this is how important it is to keep your journal and your performance tracker going. Make a lot of notes from your events that you attend and um, something you discovered that works good for you, something that didn't work for you. And that's how you'll progress for your next barrel race. And also when you go back to that event in a year from now, you're not going to remember the details. So that's why it's important to write them down now while they're fresh in your head. Um, I'm also excited, you guys. We have 19 names on the personal best list already for November, and we're only at November 15th. So that's awesome. Congratulations to each one of you. I know some of you are struggling. That's when I need to be your coach. Send me your videos. Let's work it out. If it's, you know, you're just not riding past the barrels aggressive enough, maybe you're not riding enough during the week to make improvements, maybe your mental game's getting in your way, let's work on it. Let's get everybody making personal bests. I don't want to see anyone in a slump. Also remember, if you're coming back from an injury, your horse needs time to know it's not going to hurt anymore. You need time to get your confidence back as a team. So just keep working on being smooth because smooth is fast and confidence comes from being, being smooth. And then the times will start coming back. Also, um, if you need to build your confidence, don't go to big shows. Don't go to world. Don't go to super shows. All those shows do is tear your confidence down because you know, where you're normally 1D or 2D at a little jackpot, you're going to end up being 3D or 4D at these big shows sometimes. And it really hurts your self-esteem and your confidence. Um, you know, I do believe you want to be a big fish in a small pond when you're starting off because it will build your confidence. I do think that it's important to push yourself against the best eventually and be that little fish in a big pond for a while until you become a big fish again. But there's a time to grow and there's a time to get your confidence. So when you're coming back from a break, um, don't just throw yourself to the wolves. Go to some small stuff. Build your confidence back that way. Know when you're ready. Some of you may just need to go to a practice arena. Some of you might just want to go to the local speed show nearby. You know, some of you want to go to that $30 jackpot up the road. Don't just go to the big stuff if, it, if you're trying to get your confidence back. Um, because it's not easy. I mean, those big events put a lot of pressure in on you and your horse and, um, and there's a time and a place for everything. Also note what kind of pins your horse excels in. There are certain patterns every horse does better on, um, whether it's indoor, outdoor, different kind of grounds, barrels out in the open, barrels on the fence, kind of know where your horse does well and go there for a little while. And then venture out to the pins that are more challenging for you and your horse. That's just some tips for you guys. Um, and that's going to kind of go right into the topic for today. So I wanted to let everyone know that I still have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. I've got about 15 more videos to do from the weekend. Um, I've already done a lot. I've been getting up way too early. <laughs> Time change. I've been waking up at 4 instead of 5. And I've been starting on the videos. I got all the videos done from the clinic and I've gotten quite a few started on the group and I'll be working on them Tuesday and Wednesday as well. Um, so bear with me. Uh, it's always going to be about a 24 to 48 hour turnaround, especially if everybody sends me their videos from the weekend. Monday and Tuesday are always my busiest days. Um, it gets a little slower for me Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, 
So if you need to talk to me, those are the better days for me. Uh, let's see here. Uh, of course, I have lessons and things going on as well. So one question here was um, bad run. Okay, what do you do after a bad run to get back in a, into a good run? So uh, journal, journal, what has changed? Um, did you do something different in your pre-run routine? Was it your nerves? Um, did you have a good plan for the week? Did you change your horse's diet or their warm-up? Did you exhibition, not exhibition? Is there a supplement you didn't give, a calming aid? Was it a rider cue? Was it position, timing? All of those things matter, and it's going to vary from rider to rider and horse to horse. Next question. Compared to others, okay? This rider says they are always finding themselves comparing themselves to others, and it puts a lot of stress on themselves. Look, you guys, um, you know, social internet is awesome in a lot of ways because we can have an awesome group like this where we can all learn together and it's a positive, safe place um, to, to learn. But there's a lot of stuff on Facebook that you see that's like people always showing what they're doing when they're winning, but you don't know what's going behind the scenes. You don't know the struggles they have with lame horses, sick horses, Maybe, you know, horse passed away or maybe they don't share their bad runs, only their good runs. Um, and, you know, some people win at all costs. Not everybody's doing it ethically. Some people are, you know, doing things that are not in the best interest for the horse. As you guys know, my motto slogan is ride with heart. And that means to put the horse first. But before all of that, you need to put God first. I feel like God gives us animals to be their caretaker. Um, we're the caretaker of this planet. You know, God gave us all of this to take care of. So we have to take care of our horses. Um, so put the horse before the competition. Um, there's a lot of things that, you know, you have to think about. Are you able to lay your head down on the pillow and sleep well at night? You don't know what someone else is doing. Just set your own personal best goal and run your race. That's all you can do. Um, and like I said, go to events that build your confidence. They don't tear them down. And try not to worry about what other people are doing. Just focus on your one goal for each ride or each run. And that's how you do better. What I think of that movie, was it Seabiscuit? No, it wasn't Seabiscuit. Secretariat, where um, she told him to run her race. You know, and that's right. Every horse has their own style. You know, some horses are pushed. Some are free runners. It, just like in the racehorse industry, some go to the front right away. Some like to come from the back. Some just need to be in the pack. You know, it just, everybody has their own style. So you don't ever want to compare your horse. If you have three horses, I bet you they all ride and run different. You know, it's no different if you have multiple children in your family. They all are different. Nobody's the same. So that's what I mean by customizing to your individual needs. The next question, how to get your horse to stand up going into their turns and not drop into that shoulder. So there's a lot of um, horses that want to get front endy, and sometimes front endy can cost you um, hitting a barrel, uh, taking extra stride around the barrel, stalling out. Um, so there's a lot of things you can do during the week to teach your horse to stand up. My mare Briscoe used to love to throw me over the handlebars on the second barrel. So during the week, I always had to go and practice a left turn. It might just be single barrel, but I always made sure to rate her before the barrel, pick her nose and shoulder up, soften her rib and put her hip in. And I'd always do her circles with her front end elevated and her hind end riding 
to spots one, two, and three. If I always thought about sitting and picking up her front end with my inside hand and leg and having my weight and my outside stirrup and then thought about riding her hindquarters to spots one, two, and three, she did great. But if I let her just go in and, and drop her shoulder or be square or block me with her shoulder, it was never as good. So that's something that was a weakness sometimes in her. Um, all she was trying to do was work. So it's a combination of a weak weakness and a strength. They're just trying to get in and out of those turns. But like I said, sometimes it'll throw you over the handlebars. So during the week, um, you have to take that and tune it up a little bit. It's no different than the rollback horse. Let's say my horse, Belle. She had the most exciting and fun first barrel. She'd just run in there, boom, boom, and roll back it. But it could cost you. Um, so during the week, I worked on flex and fluidity with her, perfect four-wheel drive circles. Even though she would never turn a first barrel like that, I always worked on that. So just remember, you have to do things that will help your horse. So the rubber band drill is great for that. You can put two cones or barrels 10, 10 or 15 feet off the fence and stay two-handed. You can walk first, you know, sit up between the, the um, as you're riding fence to fence, sit down as you're approaching the object and then put your weight in your outside stirrup and use a little inside hand and leg and shape your horse spot one, two, and three as you ride to the fence. And they should stay square between your hands. You should ride centered, looking strictly at the rubber band, never at the object. You can look at the fence as you go across the pin. You can look at your quarter turns as you go around the round part of the rubber band. But um, do that at a post-trot sit jog, a, a extended lope, collected lope. And always feel them shift their weight to their hindquarters, pick up their shoulder, nose in. Um, and that will keep that hip under. And keep them balanced between your two hands and legs. You shouldn't have to pull on your outside rein. You shouldn't let them counter arc into the turn. They should stay square between your eyes, looking between their ears, your two hands, shoulders, hips, and legs. So that's really important. You can also do it um, with a fence-to-fence -fence drill that I call circles with a rollback. You'll do a big circle around the barrel, then go straight at the fence, stop, roll back away. Go to the next barrel, do a big circle around the fence, go to the fence, stop square at the fence, roll back away. Um, you can also just work fence to fence with rollbacks. So instead of turning first and second, you'll work fence to fence, but stop when you get to the fence and roll back away from the barrel at a walk, trot, and lope. It'll take your horse's mind off the object and get them refocused on the, um, on the actual turn. So that's something I want you to consider um, as a tune-up. So the topic of winning or losing and um, how to get out of a losing streak, how to keep a winning streak going. Um, the first thing I want to say is number one, does your horse feel good? Um, I can promise you that this sport, the these horses are amazing athletes and if they're running in the top divisions they are hard on themselves and they are going to get sore but all of us have seen our horses play in the pasture my horses would hurt themselves more in the pasture than they ever did in competition because in competition I have control of the situation I keep them you know uh, under a uh, educated controlled speed where at the, in the pasture they might run spin bolt you know buck rear and they can get themselves sore just playing in the pasture so it's important that you have regular visits with your vet chiropractor 
farrier, your dentist, um, watch their nutrition, um, make sure they're feeling good, all of those things. Make sure you're conditioning them well. Make sure you have a proper warm-up for them, a proper cool-down for them, um, cold hosing and icing legs afterwards, maybe poulticing the big muscle groups or their legs. Um, be very detailed in keeping those horses feeling good. That's the number one thing to keep a winning streak going. The number two thing is do not run their legs off. Pick and choose where you go. Just imagine, um, you know, if you had to, if you look at racehorses, they don't run a racehorse every month. It's unusual to run a racehorse twice in a month. Um, you really can't keep a horse going um, if you're running their wheels off. I know some horses you need to go a little bit regular to keep your timing. Um, and some horses are more stoic and tougher than others and some aren't. So you really have to know your horses. My mares did best if they went every other week instead of every week. Again, you have to know your horses. Um, it kept them fresh. It kept them firing. If I went every week, they started to get emotionally hot. They started to anticipate, make mistakes. So I had to mix it up with, you know, rides in the cow pasture and, um, and weeks that we didn't compete every week. But luckily I had three or four mares going and I could alternate between them. So I could still go each week for me and work on my timing, but um, taking off my trainer's cap and putting on my competitor's cap because as a trainer, you do so much slow work. Um, you know, it's awesome for muscle memory and that's how you get yourself ready. But then when you go fast, you still got to get your timing and position uh, down with speed. So that's something to consider as well. Um, number three, knowing your horse. And like I just mentioned, know if they do better going to one show in a weekend or two shows or every other weekend. Um, those things are really important. Number four, know how to practice and prepare during the week um, for different types of arena. If you know you're going to a huge pattern, you know, maybe set that up and, and practice for that or do a drill that has you riding a long way before you turn. Um, if you know you're going to a small pattern, work on that because the timing's going to change. You know, you've got to get up and get over right away on that first to second barrel. Your timing's got to be quick. So, um, you know, it's really important that you prepare for it. You got to visualize and breathe. All those things help you. I've seen horses calm down just by a rider changing how they're breathing and, and their mental game. So when I say prepare, I mean mentally as well. Visualize your run. Learn how to breathe and calm and center yourself. Learn how to focus on doing your job so their horse can do their job. By having a plan, it will help you um, do better. So that's why we journal. And that's my fifth suggestion. Journal everything. Be smart. Um, don't just keep making the same mistakes. If you have made a mistake once, Shake it off, look at your pictures and videos, make a plan for next week. If you make that same mistake twice, okay, it is time to do some, some changes. If you make that same mistake three times, you've got yourself a little bad habit brewing and you need to get on top of it. And it may require um, thinking outside of the box, taking a break, uh, you know, changing things up. So that's really important as well. So keep track of things. Number six. Have a routine, have a weekly schedule, have a pre-race routine, 
Those are all things that are going to build your consistency. If your horse knows that your warm-up is the same at home as it is at the jackpot, that's going to give them confidence. If they know there's a certain way you, you um, condition during the week in the same cues, um, that's going to give them confidence. It's going to be team building for you guys, and that's important as well. And number seven, <clears throat> don't change anything. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, when things are going well, leave it alone. Barrel racers have a tendency to always be changing things up. If it's working, leave it be and just, you know, take one run at a time. So number two, how do we get out of a slump? Number one, for getting out of a slump, rule out pain. You cannot train pain. And it's going to hide itself. Maybe your farm vet won't catch it. Maybe a sports medicine vet will. Maybe a second opinion will. Um, you know, a lot of things are hard to find. And uh, it, it requires diagnostics. And I'm not saying you have to spend a bloody fortune on x-rays and ultrasounds and all of that. But just doing some lameness evaluations. Maybe just checking acupressure points. Um watching how they move on hard ground, lunging in a circle. You can do your own flex test and lunging in a circle on grass or, or harder ground and see how your horse is moving. Um, you can tell right away if your horse is in pain. How do they flex for cookies? Can they flex their neck evenly left and right, neck stretches? How about their legs? Are they able to stretch their legs good? Um, when you palpate their back and their hips, are they reactive? Um, there's a lot of little things you can do yourself to rule out pain. Number two, review your weekly schedule. If you're in a slump, what can you do better? What weakness do you have? The challenges in the group this month are be better. Be better today than you were yesterday. So what can you do to put in more effort to be better this week, each day? Um, and the skill is fancy broke. And what I mean by fancy broke is look at your horse. What holes do you have? Are, is your horse not broken the face, left, right, and down? Does your horse not move off leg for the shoulder and the hip good? Are they not doing transitions off of your seat? Are they feeling heavy on the front end, not the back end? Does your woe have issues? Are they backing well? Can they do a rollback, a 360? Um, rule out, rule out, or excuse me, review your schedule during the week and say, okay, where is my horse strong? Where is my horse weak? Where, what can I focus on this week to make us a better team? And do that. Number three, ask yourself, what has changed? Are you pressuring yourself? Are you comparing yourself to others? Are you coming back from an injury and you need to just get legged up? Are you starting to override and be front endy instead of using your seat and your legs more? Uh, are you getting handsy? Um, number four, maybe it's time to slow down and go for pretty. Have a goal that I'm just going to go for pretty turns and worry about speed later. Number five, do I need to get back to basics for a little while, take a break from competition and just get some tuning going? Um, number six, or with the number five on the back to basics, sometimes if you got, if you have a problem, it's time to just go back to the practice pin or maybe timed runs only or exhibitions only. Take a little break and get things put back together. Go to something small before something big. Um, number six, again, analyze your videos and your photos. And then number seven, go to some lessons, take some clinics. Um, you know, sometimes getting a second opinion 
from someone, they can see things that you don't see and, um, and have you, you know, think out of the box a little bit. So, um, those are all suggestions on, um, ways to, uh, keep a winning streak going, how to get out of slump. And then, um, regarding the third part of this, to fix an off run, you have to kind of look at where you're at. Okay. So let's say, let's say you're not rating your barrels. You're just running by your barrels and you're in a pulling match with your horse. Then you need to go back and do all the things that get you, um, rating off body. You need to get that horse doing a slow jog, uh, rating off your seat, uh, giving to your hands, maybe some vertical flexion, riding in the bridle, uh, maybe some spiral circles that will help you with speed control. Um, that would be good. Maybe some one-handed riding where you get the horse to, to come back and rate off of your seat more. Um, like I said, the D pattern's good for that. Single barrel spirals is really great for that. If you have a horse that's hitting barrels and they're getting stiff and sticky, that would be a good time to do some fluidity work. Inline barrels, single barrel, um, anything that promotes, uh, like even the three circle drill where you do nose out, nose in, and head down, shoulder in, shoulder out, you know, things that get your horse more soft and supple, leg laterals, two tracking, um, invisible pole bending, um, anything that gets your horse really focused on you. Um, that's all, all part of how you go and fix a run. The next part is, again, you may have to go back to the pattern and do some um, things that you wouldn't normally do. Maybe you have to stop before each barrel to get the rate back at a walk, trot, and lope. Um, maybe you have to work on straighter, longer, or in and outs, or um, single barrel on the pattern um, where you work a big circle and small circle riding to all your spots. Maybe you work on perfect circles around the barrels instead of true turns. So you get your horse thinking about staying fluid around the whole barrel, maybe five foot perfect circles, two or three times or 10 foot, and then go back, go to the next barrel without turning the barrel with your inside hip, rather than keeping your weight in your outside stirrup and keeping them flexing nose in and shoulder out and keeping them fluid through the entire turn. Um, those are all things to consider doing. Um, it's very important that riders uh, really break it down individually. And if you don't know how, just send me a message. Um, we can work out a time to talk. Uh, I can meet you for a lesson. I do virtual lessons. Whatever you need, I'm trying to be here for you as a coach. Um, if it's your mental game, you know, you need to go back and listen to some of my podcasts on mental game. And first, there's 10 things. There's one mental podcast that says there's 10 things that could be causing issues go through and decide which of the 10 things fits you and then work on that mental game mental game is 50 percent of competition once you're um, past the training stage once you've got your you know pattern solid your foundation solid you know where you need to be um all of that mental game's half of it so don't underestimate how important that is um, if you're having anything going on like alley issues, you know, there's always going to be pattern problems. You can always get it down to probably five or six things. One, it can be respect. If a horse maybe gets kiditis and they're not listening to the rider, they might need 
somebody else to tune on that horse a little bit. Um, two, it can be pain, saddle fit. It can be bleeding lungs. It can be stomach ulcers. It can be sore feet, sore hocks, sore back, anything like that. You've got to rule that out. It can be too much pressure, going too often, too hard, or too fast before they're ready. Um, it can be uh, the, any of those pressured events. It can also be from rider nerves and horse's nerves. So those are five things just off the top of my head. The sixth thing, it could be your diet, nutrition. Um, sometimes I ask people what they're feeding their horses, and they tell me a scoop of feed morning and night, you know, a pad of alfalfa morning and night. And I'm like, whoa, 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 you know, maybe try backing that down to, you know, half a scoop of feed or a quarter scoop of feed um, and then no alfalfa and just, you know, or, or one flake of alfalfa and, you know, more grass hay or something. So little things like that in their horse's diet can make a difference. Um, you know, these are all things to consider, too. Uh, but again, it, it's very complicated. Um, if it was easy, the same person would win all the time. You have to have an entire complete program. And, um, and that's so important. But be before we end, um, I, I want to go ahead and close because we're about 30 minutes. Um, I just want to say that just remember, while you're, it's a blessing to get to compete. It's an awesome thing to get to compete. But satisfaction and joy and peace is never going to come in the arena because once you win a buckle, once you win a saddle, maybe you win speed shows, you go to jackpots, maybe you win MBHA 4D, you want 3D, maybe it's 2D, you want 1D, maybe it's open rodeo, now you want southeastern circuit rodeo or pro rodeo, maybe it's the NFR or high school rodeo. It's always something more. You're never going to be 100% satisfied because you're competitive. Same with your job or your home. People always want more. You know, sometimes, like for me, the last couple of years, people are like, how can you not compete? How can you, you know, this, that. I have been really happy just finding joy in a simple, peaceful life. Enjoying my horses for once and my home for once where I don't have boarding or training horses. Um, I've been enjoying switching my business from training to coaching um, I'm finding peace and joy in the gifts that God has been providing me. And that's where real peace comes from. So if you find yourself getting overwhelmed and never satisfied and, and waking up negative, I, I challenge you because this is November, this is Thanksgiving, wake up every morning and just give thanks. Don't even ask for anything. Just count your blessings and say, you know, I am thankful that I have a job to go to. I'm thankful for, I get to go to school today. I'm thankful to get to go to the barn and feed and hay my horses. I'm thankful for my health and my family and my friends. I'm thankful for this life that I live. I'm thankful for you, God, loving me like a parent loves a child, knowing that I can always come home, knowing that you love me and I can trust you and not be scared and knowing when I'm frustrated, I can just give it over to you. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Sometimes we just have to do that. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in. And, um, and if you find yourself not feeling, feeling restless or feeling frustrated, just pray on it and find some peace and joy in all the blessings that you have in your life. And I want you to still chase your dreams and have goals 
and be competitive because, you know, that's your, maybe that's your purpose. That's your passion. Um, it's great and awesome to have dreams and goals, but don't forget what would Jesus do? What would God do? Think about what you could do today. Maybe a kind word to someone else, maybe helping someone else out, maybe just simply saying thank you to somebody or telling them how beautiful you think they are inside or outside. Maybe little things like that will change your mindset. You know, maybe just loving on your horse and going on a trail ride with them. Those little things, that's where you're going to find your true joy and peace and satisfaction um, while you're chasing your goals and your dreams. So thanks for tuning in. As always, ride with heart and God bless.